I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon, and today we launch right into a case study. And I share this with you to introduce today's topic. We are going to discuss an endurance coaching company. And this company originated out of the founder's massive challenge with overtraining and deep fatigue. Despite background in clinical physiology, elite sport and a little bit of coaching already. Through stubbornness, stupidity and some very poor coaching, the founder drove himself into the ground. But through his journey... And through the tatters and ashes of whatever mediocre professional career he had, he observed at the elite and amateur level that there was a symptom of massive underperformance in the sport. And he believed there must be a better way. And out of this belief, he carved an approach that's still utilised to this day, not driven by the accumulation of hours or miles, but a broader belief in the value of holistic focus on four key elements, endurance training, strength, nutrition and recovery. And the mission of that methodology applied to a broad range of fitness enthusiasts and elite athletes was to build a platform of resilience and long-term athletic development. The quest of the programs offered of this company was to educate and empower athletes and enthusiasts to truly be able to integrate sport into life and, yes, improve at sport, but also thrive across life. And while known for coaching triathletes, the whole company had always been about the whole human with a rich history in the sport, proven methods, a thriving community, strongly held belief, and a community that spreads the world. The future was bright for this company, and boom, COVID-19 happens. This company was right in the midst of opening a beautiful 10,000-square-foot facility just for training its athletes. The vision was to continue to expand services beyond triathletes, grow support of general fitness enthusiasts. And to do this, the quest was to open the centre successfully, yes, but then expand on education and sporting content from that centre to enthusiasts globally. Boom, COVID-19 happens. Of course, you can imagine plenty of fixed costs that are not going anywhere and absolutely no revenue from that centre and none coming soon. So just like many, this company had to stabilise, it had to manage costs, it had to align the team, it had to respond to the new reality and focus on looking after the current athletes. And they did this by revising programming, evolving education and popping up very, very quickly new methods to both communicate and coach that aligned with the needs of current athlete situations. It was, to be frank, a process. But now they find themselves aligned as a team, aligned with their athletes and kind of thriving in the new normal. But, and this is the theme of the day, there is still a proverbial crossroads because now this company has an option of a path. They can wait the storm out, 
ultimately for their competitive athletes, the races will return. They might get clearance to go back to the original plan, open the centre, get busy selling, try and fill the butts on seats. As they say in many ways, get back on track with the roadmap. And this might sound smart, but I believe for this company it would be missing the opportunity. The opportunity to leverage the adversity, to truly align with the impact of this situation, no matter how unpredictable it was, to the new normal and evolve products, services and order of development to the needs of all performance enthusiasts. So the second path that this company can take is aligned with our theme today. It can activate to emerge stronger. They can take the impact of the situation and mould to the timelines. Evolve the services, focus to the actual needs. And in fact, they can look at the pause in the execution of their roadmap as a chance to revisit, to come up a level and to synchronise with these new terms ahead. The company now revises and evolves to match the situation and support people in a way that is suitable to the now. They must use this chance to evolve. They can't be stubborn to the old plan that might have been great before. They must be plastic and dynamic. They must evolve. So what does this mean for this company? Well, accelerate the roadmap. What was going to be 2023 or 2024? Let's do now. Let's magnify the live remote coaching. Let's deepen the live education. Let's align the programming with the needs of the time. Still supporting the driven competitive athletes, but helping people find resilience, health, tools to magnify performance in work, health and life. This company could hide under the desk. It could wait for the storm to pass. It stabilises and then it actively steps into the opportunity that this adversity has actually created. And this company is, of course, Purple Patch. And no, we haven't got it all worked out yet. We haven't solved our own world problems. But we are in the spirit of actively taking steps to emerge stronger. No self-pity, no weeping. Stabilise, adjust, adapt, and now let's step forward. Let's look to thread the needle into the opportunity. We're going to resist reacting and instead look to respond and adapt. Today, folks, we're exploring growth. We define principles around emerging stronger. Individuals, athletes, leaders and businesses. Part two, following the great discussion with Carmel Galvin last week. But before we do that, let's do a little squatty update. Yes, it's been a couple of weeks since we've given you a squatty update. So let's bring you up to speed with the Purple Patch athletes. For the last six weeks or so, the key focus has been for us to put up a full calendar every week of daily options for live coaching. Purple Patch Coached Athletes can now execute programs in perfect isolation if they would like, or, as they might say in Essex, on your tod. And that's okay. But many, in fact most, 
lean into these new live coach sessions. And those include live video bike sessions with myself. Imagine an hour of power of Dixon. What could be more grim? Live core and mobility and strength sessions with our coaches, live swim band sessions, and even a little bit of swift love, all led by our Purple Patch Pro Squad or Purple Patch Coached Athletes. But for the Squatty Update today, that's all nice and sexy and all that, but what are the building blocks and value of these sessions? Because it goes well beyond just a little bit of leverage for the time and a spot of fun. Our reasons for developing the coaching is rooted in performance. And there are three main elements. The first is feedback. All of these sessions are bi-directional and that empowers the coaches to provide live feedback on form, effort, posture and execution. It makes the sessions more challenging because you have to do them right. Of course, aligned with that, is a second element, accountability. Not just a trigger to show up because your teammates and your coach are waiting, but to truly execute as intended. And the best way to represent that is if in a bike live bike class, if I'm calling out Johnny to relax his tight shoulders mid-interval, it's just super to see the rest of the participants drop their shoulders it's almost like one member of a synchronized ballet troupe. You see, feedback spreads, and it's not just about getting the feedback. It's realizing you might get the feedback, and therefore, as Daddy likes, you execute as intended. And the final component of these live sessions is a magic word, connection. Sharing the suffering amplifies the experience and the training. And many might be isolated or geographically spread. But it's magnifying the experience. It's feeling like you're connected. It's sharing the journey. And it just, well, amplifies. Oh, and one more thing. The spillover, I guess. The fact that each session doesn't differentiate the experience from the newbies or those pushing 400 watts or those struggling to crack 140 it creates this wonderful level playing field from which all can share. It's not intimidating. Instead, the focus of these sessions focuses around you and your improvements rather than just battling to become the best of some visual virtual world. All of it creates you being a part of something. And it's these reasons that make live coaching so potent and it's these reasons that they're the central drivers behind our focus and why we believe it is the future. My case in point, last Thursday, just a few days ago, here were my attendees. Ecuador, yes, that's you, Pinky. Ecuador, London, Florida, Spain, Mexico, Canada, New York, Arizona, South Carolina, San Francisco, North Dakota, LA, Antioch, Essex Massive. All navigating life in a strange scenario, but all sharing a journey and a tough session. The gasoline on the performance journey and central to being a purple patch athlete. Now, with that in mind, with the squaddy update, it's time to welcome you back, Barry. 
what you been doing, mate? You've been on holiday. Let's get the dancing shoes on. Off we go. Give me the jingle. It's word of the week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the wig. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the word of the week this week. It's a little bit of a call to action, guys. It is join the dots. For many of you guys that are sleepwalking through this situation, it is time to join the dots. And to do this, let's explore the role of a coach at the very basic level. Here is a big part of my role as a coach. With a deep appreciation of the situation of the athlete and, of course, ensuring that I keep them safe, my role is to challenge. I put in front of the athlete situations in which they are stretched both emotionally and physically. I remove the athlete from a place of comfort to discomfort. And I place them in situations and environments of strain. Now, is this to be cruel? No, it is to facilitate growth. The challenge forces growth and it also enables the development of a toolkit of skills and mindsets that enable performance in racing. Think about it. It is only, only through these stresses that an athlete can improve, grow and perform. And it ain't easy, but it is the passage for all of those that have inspired you with personal accomplishments. And within this journey, there are going to be a series for every athlete, a series of failures on days and workouts, shifts in mood, drops in mood and motivation, even setbacks with niggles and injuries that we so desperately aim to avoid. Well, great, you think. You stress and I grow. So why do I lay this out in such basic terms? Well, let's put this into context now. Because we should acknowledge that the last months have placed unimaginable challenge on all of us. And for an important portion of us, it's been terrible from death, sickness, unimaginable stress, working on the front lines, a massive financial impact and strain. But what about those that are fundamentally healthy, secure and just highly inconvenienced? Well, there is a reason that sports are a metaphor for life. And as an athlete, I want you to not forget all the lessons that you've been developing in your sporting journey. I want you to join the dots. Apply these lessons to this, your greatest challenge. The struggles, the ups, the downs, the need for commitment and resilience, the massive need for adapting to different situations. You are an athlete and you are equipped and trained to navigate. So this isn't a time to turn your back on sport, on training, on coaching. This is central to my rallying call. If ever there was a time 
for you to double down on the principles of training, the benefits of a coach or a mentor, the lessons of sport. It's now. You are uniquely positioned as an athlete to leverage, to be able to navigate this time. You don't need a race or a date of a race to amplify the benefits of sport and training. You need to, and here is the word of the week, join the dots. The lessons are there, and so step up and apply. And with that in mind, take that and carry it, because we're going to be talking a lot about this stuff when we do the meat and potatoes. For the meat and potatoes this week's folks, three different stories about three athletes. But these three athletes are all faced with a similar situation, including the universal frustration of a lost roadmap and a lost set of goals. But as you'll hear, each responding in a very different manner. Now from these stories, I think that you're going to be empowered to begin to craft your own story. A decision on your path forward and a chance to set your mindset towards performance. Action or regression. By the time you listen to these stories, your mind should be engaged and set on your very own path. And so, the only question is, what is it going to be? Story one, Marcus. A tale of turning your back on performance lessons. Marcus is a seasoned amateur, and this year he's looking to break into the next level. His ambition was to qualify for the World Championships, and he'd set up a couple of races to act as opportunities in the late spring and early summer. Always historically near the standard, but just falling shy, he began this year doubling down on the commitment. His mantra? No stone unturned, and his initial six weeks of training were highly encouraging. Welcome COVID-19. Boom. After a couple of weeks of absolute chaos, desperate organisation, Marcus managed to calm his life schedule and started to fall into routine. It was very busy, but he situated the family, he got the working from home, but just then he stabilised and he found his motivation waning. Often finding himself asking, what's the point? He decided to turn his back on routine and structure and stopped any direction in his training. Despite a couple of conversations from yours truly, yes me, trying to portray the value of structure and how it can create the tent peg, he decided and it was his decision to remove the, quote, stress of a plan. He said, look, I'm going to return at the end of the year, and I'm going to be guns blazing. I'm ready for another crack, but right now, I'm just going to focus on my work from home, my family, and I'm just going to stay active and fit. Now, I'm allowed to tell you this because I asked Marcus for permission. As... Since those conversations and his decision to turn his back on structure, it's been more than a month. He's gone random. Remember what I always say? Random 
creates random results. But he did have the commitment of staying fit. So we check in with Marcus right now after a call that I had just yesterday. And I'm afraid things are not going that well. In fact, when I spoke to him, he isn't overly happy and he sounded a little directionless. His fitness declined, consistently skipping sessions. He's missing exercise daily. His home life is relatively challenged as the family feels like it's just on a hamster wheel. And he has low energy for work, which is still unfortunately in chaos. The biggest thing for him, I just can't find routine. He's rudderless and he's desperately seeking freedom from the plan so that I can just train and do what I feel like. But at the same time, seeking freedom to focus on family and work. But all of that has mixed up and led Marcus to feel lethargic, scattered, and family time isn't even exactly full of fun. Okay, so a short little story. Let's hold our thoughts on poor Marcus at the moment, but let's turn to story number two. Story number two is about Bill, and it is the story of treading water. Bill like Marcus, had several races planned for 2020, and he was right in the midst of his ramp towards early season events when the fog of COVID-19 descended. Just like most athletes, Bill hunkered down with a mixture of anxiety and frustration. But what Bill understands is the importance of training, and he decides to keep marching forward. But, as we'll find out, his mindset and approach isn't optimal in leveraging the misfortune of the situation. What Bill does is he, as I like to say, treads water. So by treading water, what I mean by this is Bill's approach is to kind of carry on. He maintains training as he was. As he's a triathlete and there's no swimming pools open, he simply removes that from the program. And then he does what you might expect. He waits with patience for the fog to lift. At some time, the races are going to come back on the docket. He is treading water, simply waiting for the situation to resolve. Now, the positive in Bill's case, is he is creating an anchor and a framework in his life. He carves routine within the chaos. He has order to his day. But I just cannot help but think that it isn't very inspirational to do half a job without direction until things just return to normal. And so my conversation yesterday with Bill when I checked in, his review made me feel a bit more of a victim than a really performance-minded individual. He was, yes, doing his job. He was happy for his family's health and his own health. And he was really glad and somewhat proud that he managed to, in his words, stick with it when it came to his sport. But his focus and his words anchored around as much looking backwards as it did looking forwards. 
his questions. How long do you think this is going to last? When do you think I'm going to be able to race? How long do you think I'm going to be able to travel again? All very honest and important questions, but none of them had answers that Bill can provide the answer to. Bill's whole strategy for this situation is hope. And hope is not a great strategy. A situation has occurred and Bill has reacted. Reasonably well mind, but reacted. And now he sits and he tries to wait out the storm. He's doing okay, but I can't believe that Bill isn't just missing a massive opportunity. Because what Bill hasn't joined the dots on is the chance to leverage the adversity for his own gains. He wasn't even thinking on these terms. And that's because most don't. It's normal. This is happening to me. I'm going to react and then I'm going to weather the storm. Now, I want to say at this point, big bonus points to Bill. He managed the initial wave of uncertainty, he stuck to his routine, he didn't panic, and props as he anchored fitness at the hub of the daily schedule, and that created grounding, it created stability. But where Bill has not met potential with performance is that next step, one that nearly all of us find ourselves at right now. And that's having navigated those phases and finding stability. Bill is now in what I would call the new normal. But Bill hasn't, when existing in this new normal, paused, reflected, and plotted an alternate path. One that isn't taking action to navigate through and out of this situation actually improved. Is that even possible? Or is that crazy Dixon talk? Troops, it is possible. You see, no one saw this coming. Everything was stripped away. Routines, goals, training groups. And so how can I ask anyone to actually take this massive, massive challenge and aim to leverage the adversity and actually come out of this ahead of the game? Well, let me tell you, I am, by all accounts, a demanding bugger. Despite the moniker of being the recovery coach, I demand excellence. And so, in chatting to Bill, we had what we might call a frank discussion. And after I framed all of the positivity around his continued commitment to exercise and training and the fact that he was coping really well, he stabilised, he created routine, I informed him that I didn't want empathy to fall into self-pity. And I felt that he was letting a unique opportunity sail right by him, a massive chance to improve and grow. Bill was bemused. After all, he stepped back and looked at himself. He was committed. He was going through training. He just needs to get the races back on the docket and then we'll turn it back up and it will be a great season. I asked Bill to come up a level. As your coach, Bill, what's my job? 
Why do you work with me? To make me better. Okay, fair enough answer, Bill. Let me help you out a little bit more. Bill, my job is to challenge you. I place you consistently while thinking of your health and your well-being in incredibly challenging situations. And those situations stretch you both physically and mentally. These challenges are what we like to call training. And from this training, you learn to navigate the challenge. You get to deal and manage with failures often. You get to develop resilience and adaptability. And you get to apply those lessons and habits that help your performance in sport. Now, through this training and those consistent challenges, you've actually really grown to understand the patience that are necessary and long-term development and so much more. In other words, I challenge you with a stress and you grow. My job is to apply the stress help you integrate that stress into your life, educate on execution, guide you towards a higher focus on the right things, also that you have the conditions to be successful. And then what I do is I hold you to account and I self-correct through my feedback, all with a healthy and supportive collaborative mindset. Yes, I'm tough, but also have just a smidgen of empathy. And from this, laughing a little bit, Bill considered. And he laughed again. And he said, all right, look, beyond your sarcasm and healthy British cynicism, I'm not a cynic, am I? But beyond your healthy British cynicism, you certainly blend tough-mindedness with plenty of support. And with that, Bill nailed it. Bill, that's what you need now. You need to have some self-compassion, but you've got to be a little tough-minded because as your coach, the opportunity is that you want to emerge from this greatest challenge stronger, improved. You don't want to survive. You want to thrive. It's very different. And let me explain, this is not easy. But what I want you to do is to apply all of the principles of your training and your long journey and all of the challenges and failures that you've gone through, as well as a healthy remembrance of the personal wins into now this situation. Channel it. Join the dots. Because with the right lens, you can not just navigate and weather the storm and come out the other side but you can actually set yourself for growth. With this most massive challenge comes the opportunity of the largest growth. And that is the opportunity, Bill, to emerge stronger. And so far, if I am going to be your critic after congratulating you from continuing, you have stuck with training, but you have failed to look inside at all for ways for you to improve, things that you can control, and you haven't established any goalposts of a path to actually improve. And with that, as he sat there in stunned silence, I did something I seldom do with athletes. I compared, and I told him a story. 
And it's a story that's a true story and one that I will share with you. Story number three, Jennifer and the path to emerging stronger. Just like Bill, Jennifer is continuing to train. But unlike Bill, she has completely repositioned her approach to align with her new situation and times and created a platform to use to her one performance advantage. And so let's explore her situation. First, her profile. Jennifer identifies as a runner, but she also dabbles in triathlon. And she was scheduled in 2020 to run a spring marathon and then planned a series of triathlons over the summer months. Of course, it's no surprise that her run discipline is the strength, but riding and swimming are relative weaknesses. Keenly competitive, she loves to race and she seeks to improve her placing in any event that she goes to. Her racing is her guiding light. It's her compass. It's the thing that anchors the passion. But her races were extinguished by the fog of COVID-19. And so following a week or so of frustration and confusion, she decided to take positive action. She created routine and she maintained training. Another weekend, boom, a slump. Oh, what shall we say? A little bit of the case of the fuckets. Where to now? When the initial two to three weeks of shutdown became clear that it would become months, and when more and more events got cancelled, the fog wasn't lifting, it was turning into the London smog. And frustration turned to anger, turned to despair. And it was after a few days of that despair where she ran the perils of going down the track of Marcus, that she came back to something that she heard right here on this show. And it was a question that I had asked one of the Purple Patch pros. That question was, how can you come out of this situation in an advanced place as a human being and athlete? You see, sometimes we just need a little gasoline on the creative mind. She thought about this and Jennifer reflected, took the time to take a proverbial look in the mirror, and stemming from this question, she came up with a few key fundamental changes in her global mindset and her approach to sport in total. There were five main things, five things. The first was so simple, and yet for me, fundamental. And that was that Jennifer reframed the why behind her sport. You see, Jennifer realizes that the structure and the benefit of her sport, her coaching relationship and her community goes well beyond rankings or finishes. And the epiphany when she paused and reflected was that the journey was the critical element to her resilience, her mental and her physical health. In fact, it was the journey that was the key in her ability to perform across life. She had been so anchored on events in order to prove herself, to provide meaning to her identity, but throughout it all, she'd missed the point. The journey was the thing where the lessons were. 
And so she made a simple commitment. When something gets stripped away, you can refocus. And the commitment was to stop and listen to herself and embrace the journey. Remember what we say? Process, not outcome. The second action that she decided was she transitioned her mind. And that transition was from feeling robbed of racing to instead a keen focus on performance advancement. Reaction to response. Right now, she cannot improve her swimming. It's a weakness, but all the pools are closed. But she can use this really, really weird time when there are no events coming up to develop athletically in other areas. And so for Jennifer, with her run being her strength, she can put all of her heart and energy into that other weakness, the bike. Improving her high-end capacity with a series of very, very high-intensity intervals that are broadly far away from race-specific, but improve her capacity on the bike. She can also improve her efficiency in riding with plenty of very low, soul-filling, technical improvements and low-intensity training. And behind it all, the backbone of something that often took a back seat, strength, core, mobility. As she likes to say, I'm going to prepare to prepare. Yes, that's what I say. Without the looming races and events, Jennifer can patiently build the tissue resilience to be ready to train with greater effectiveness. And she has therefore, as she goes back, when the races do come out of the fog and onto the horizon, a much higher chance of health and as she's going to ramp a greater capacity to absorb hard work. She is preparing to prepare. Now, Jennifer realises that that life restructure and the elements of training aren't the golden nugget. It's a great aspect, but... The removal of races also provides opportunities well beyond the training improvement. And the first of those anchors around one of my favourite words, habits. And so, number three for Jennifer is to set a path towards positive habits. You see, when life was just crazily overscheduled, with the next race always right around the corner, the capacity to build new habits was understandably limited. Jennifer often skimped on really the most basic but common key performance habits, really quality sleep, fueling post-workouts. She tended to cram sessions in, often failing to go as easy as intended in the very low-stress sessions because the every hour counted. And now, instead, she has a commitment to always fuel well, to prioritise sleep. Those two areas of common weaknesses. But without the upcoming looming races, a chance to completely reposition the easier sessions and stealing my phrase, converting them to soul filling. No metrics, no obsession, but valuable and easier sessions to escape the stress of life and the situation, to gradually and patiently build the engine and the frame in a really positive way. 
Now, the final two elements of transformation are huge. Number four, Jennifer took on the hefty ambition of enhancing her training mindset. Typically judgmental in her training, Jennifer is, by her own statement, her own biggest critic. But with this, intuitively, logically, understands that the pass-fail mindset that she's always brought to training just isn't that productive. And now, with races stripped away, she's committing to improving her mindset and the management skills of her training performance. Now, we all realise that this is a big one, and I believe it's going to be a long-term journey of improvement for Jennifer. And she's leaning into coaching to support this, but If we can crack this nut, it's going to lead to great gains in the long term. I would argue that this is the time. This really weird adversity has opened the door of opportunity because I think it's really close to impossible to tackle something this big between seasons when you're exhausted emotionally and just looking to take a break. And it's really challenging to do it when you've got a looming race coming that creates the compass and goal, but also adds to the tension and amplifies this type of pass-fail behaviour. So instead of looking at the loss of races and the terrible, stripping, robbed feature of it, instead, Jennifer has repositioned. The mighty challenge is a chance to grow, a chance to develop her whole mindset of the sport. The situation has enabled capacity to embrace these changes. And finally, she has made a decision to quite simply get connected. Typically a lone wolf, Jennifer always in her training steered clear of groups. She wanted to, by her words, stay specific. She often found herself comparing herself to others. She even viewed coaching feedback as criticism. And yet now we find ourselves with Jennifer joining three live video coach sessions every single week. A bike video session with me, a swim band session with Coach John Stevens, a strength and core session with Coach Mikey O, and of course, plenty of her Purple Patch teammates. Very hesitant to begin, Jennifer started to feel isolated and, probably for the first time ever, yearned for connection. And so, this was the outlet. Shit, I'll give it a shot, she said. And she got on, she came live, set up her bike, her video camera on her iPad, and bada-bing, she was immersed in the bike class session. But now, beyond connection, she realises the value. Because feedback is provided not to critique but to improve. And she's also had the epiphany that sharing the journey can actually be, get this, fun. And the accountability and the support of the group draws more out of her than when she just rides or does the swim bands alone. Impressive. An actual pathway to development and improvement with no events. Supposedly, directionless and in suboptimal training situations.
There's no compass. There's no light. Rudderless, they say. The training situation isn't perfect. And yet Jennifer is on a path to becoming a better athlete. And more than that, and not to be too grandiose when I say this, perhaps even a better person. You see, the truth is that the removal of racing immediately felt like a huge negative, a collapse of purpose. But with a shift in lens and approach, which couldn't have happened immediately, it had to go through a process. But as we find ourselves in the now and we are stabilized and living this and we begin to look forward, we realize that this situation for some, can become a huge opportunity to actually advance and emerge stronger. No matter your journey, no matter your passion, no matter the lens that you take when you apply these sporting stories into your own life or business. Many people have been terribly affected by this situation, and it is awful. But if you are one of the lucky majority that have relative stability mixed with a healthy dose of very large inconvenience. And then I suggest that you should be cautious in allowing too much self-compassion and enabling empathy from falling into apathy and even self-pity. Because I feel as a rallying call, it is time for you to begin to seize the opportunity to begin to step forward and seek a route to actually advance and improve. This process we have all navigated, athletes, individuals, leaders, businesses, and it's been a journey. We went through shock, chaos, a chance to control the controllables, seeking to find stability. The ground has to stop moving under our feet. We then gave ourselves a lot of empathy and self-compassion, and of course spread that to others as we navigate the grief and anxiety. And now we come to here, and we find ourselves in what you might label the new normal. But now it's time to move forward and look at the path for ourselves. There are three ways that this is gonna go and there are only three ways for you. The first, as some will take, is regression. Choosing a path of random. And I tell you, it's gonna be a long journey of frustration. Others are gonna tread water. They buckle up and they wait for the storm to pass, resigned to simply try not to slide back too far. But slide back they will, I'm afraid. But the smart and the performance-minded seek opportunity. Face the challenge and respond instead of react. They search for growth. Last week, we chatted to Carmel Galvin, the CHRO of Autodesk. And Carmel told us her story of overcoming her greatest challenge, a massive fear of water. Step-by-step, process-driven, very small controllable goals, and now... She becomes a swimmer, an athlete. Carmel also outlined the process that her company Autodesk have navigated in order to stabilize, but now carve the path where they intend to grow within this environment and situation. 
aligned to the new normal, seek ways to not just survive but thrive for both their employees and their customers. And of course, from Carmel's story, athletes and coaches can learn much. The stories that we get from business can translate to athletics, draw and learn. But now everyone, individuals, leaders and businesses can learn from our athletic stories today. As there are only three paths of choice as we transition out of the new normal and into the future, to regress and wither, to tread water but ultimately slide, or to drive forward and grow and emerge stronger. I know where I want to go. I know where I want my athletes to go. I know where I'm driving Purple Patch and I would love you to join me on the journey. And so reach out, let me know your path and let's make it happen. Whether busy mum, crazed executive, first time wannabe athlete, seasoned athlete, a chasing world-class performance, this challenge, perhaps our greatest challenge, can be the catalyst for growth for many. Shall we begin? Take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, would really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!